Well, hello, folks, and welcome to We the People. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national team. I'm Clayton. I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I'm a web designer. And we love a champion. Nats. We love trophies. We love Hardware. trophies. Hardware. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Uh, gifts. Ever read that book, Love Language? My love language, five love languages, my love language is trophies. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. U.S. Right. Trophies. My, my love language is, uh, is youth soccer. <laughs> However that... <laughs> works out <laughs> this was a fun one the tournament's over that's kind of sad it's kind of sad the crap gold cup is now over uh but we had an exciting semi-final round exciting final round which we are going to review for you folks thank you for joining us uh this morning evening or night and this whatever tournament. it may be for you and thank you yeah for joining us this entire tournament it's been a goddamn blast and guess what we the fucking champs we we defeated jamaica in the finals and uh, that's all she wrote for you, Gold Cup. We're taking it home. Bradley's taking that shit right to the bank. Should we line them up? Line them up, boys. Line them up, time. boys. Last time for Copa, Feel a little Copa Oro. I'm sorry. I know. All of a sudden, I'm feeling like. <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. You guys don't want to play any more crap games and concern us. <laughs> underwhelm. <laughs> underwhelm us. No more underwhelming performances. <laughs> No, but line really, up. line them up, line them up. Anyways, Tim Howard, both gloves. Uh, center back, many, uh, I want to say, I'm looking it over, uh, the entire, the, a complete repeat here on our starting 11. Am I wrong? I believe so, yes. I believe so. I believe 100% repeat. So I will uh, list the names, but no surprises here, folks. Beasler, Gonzalez, Susi, Villafania. In the middle, we're going to have Bradley and Acosta. On the right side, we'll have Ariola. On the left, we'll have Darlington Nagby. And up top, we'll have Jordan Morris and Josemar Altador. It was a another good game, another sleek modern game, uh, much like the semifinal. Jamaica, Jamaica really um, came to ball, for sure, and possessed a lot of the traits that Ty said they would possess. They were well-organized, they were speedy, but not necessarily um, a breakaway... Incisive. Incisive goal-scoring team. They were yes. more of an uh, opportunistic uh, team that was really well-organized and had really, really strong defensive blocks. This game, the story of this game kind of starts around the 18th minute when Andre Blake got injured. So what happened was Josie uh, took a shot from about 20 yards out, and it was a nice little zinger shot. Blake got the save, and Acosta followed it up. And just sort of sheer circumstance, it happens from time to time, Blake's hands got, got caught up in the flurry of feet that was happening, and, and unfortunately he took an injury. Although, from what I understand, not, no, no broken bones in there, just had to leave the game. But long stoppage, Dwayne Miller comes in uh, in goal for Jamaica, which is really, really, a, I, think, I think, a big loss for them to lose Andre Blake. This game would carry on uh, as, as it had begun with lots of U.S. pressure and Jamaica kind of absorbing that until the 44th minute when Bradley earned a free kick. Uh, Altidore kind of claims it. He takes this free kick and scores, which is wonderful. 
my, my hope for this game came true, actually. He scored a goal in a tight game, and he was the first to score. However, it was a very lofted, curling free kick that m leaves questions about its saveability. <laughs> and, and so now, you know, of course, everybody is thinking back to that injury to Andre Blake. And we go into the second half. Just a few minutes into the second half, Jamaica equalizes. Javon Watson scores off an in-swinging corner uh, in which Jordan Morris kind of falls asleep for a second, tries to get his left foot in there while Javon Watson is sweeping his right foot across. And, uh, you know, Morris is just too far behind, kind of just lost his mark. Um, Javon Watson scores, low volley. The, this game is tied at one-to-one. And then, very quick response of a substitution. I thought it was an interesting choice. Dempsey comes in for Kellen Acosta. I thought Kellen Acosta was having a pretty good game. However, uh, there's no doubt that this game was begging for some Dempsey. Break it open. It had, it had, uh, Jamaica had equalized, so it was definitely time for some creativity. In the 74th minute, we saw an almost, almost breakthrough goal for Dempsey off of a Viafania cross. Oh in which Dempsey got a huge chunk of this ball and started celebrating, but Miller, once again, had a very nice... Miller being named once again, although differently this time. This time, he had a very nice save. Uh, still one-to-one. -one. Uh, Zardes would come in for Areola. Totally irrelevant to this game Thank recap, God. but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you when Zardes plays. Uh, and then, in the 87th The U.S. played with minute, 10 men. <laughs> in the 87th minute... Giassi Zardes's cross. Maybe we were unkind to the traffic cone. Fair he does, enough. He Fair does enough. get a vintage lumps of all in lump there. to nobody, which is like this yeah. is like the thing that you you start doing at thirteen. That by the time you're seventeen, you've started to aim for players. Yes. Uh, so yes. Zardes does his 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 preteen cross, which which flies randomly into the box, bounces off. Uh, I, I want to say the keeper, one of the defenders, and then off of Dempsey. Okay, and I was watching the replays to try to get a better look at what exactly led to this ball being set up perfectly for Morris, and I think it's another, yet another genius touch from Dempsey. Morris You comes think it's in. on purpose, the touch? I absolutely do. Wow. Morris, Morris slides in. The, it, it, the ball sits down perfectly for Morris's right foot. It's just a couple yards north of the, uh, the, of the penalty kick spot, and he slots it away. Maybe it takes a deflection. It touches a jersey. Goes in, right side, unsavable, two to one. Celebrate, boys. Celebrate, Jordan cool, Morris. Awesome. Welcome back to the life of scoring goals. It's all yours. It's yours for the taking. Go, boy, and live the rest of your life as a goal-scoring menace starting today. The boys back. The boys have won this game. They got to celebrate a trophy. The final was two to one. Ty, what were your first impressions? It was a, a really solid final. Our fear going in was, <laughs> was that it would yeah. be it would yep. be crap. It would be MLSy, um, but That's I have to right. say the the Jamaican team in particular didn't display many MLSy qualities whatsoever. They had very little passing out of boundsishness, much less than the U.S. Um, they they pushed us all the way. <laughs> we need they a German really word. Well. We need a German word for passing out of boundsishness. I'm sure that this exists. I'll I'll have to look <laughs> it up. Yeah, um, they're they're familiar with this in Darmstadt. Uh, so, so, uh, the U S the U S kind of just barely ended up on the night doing enough to, to get through despite never feeling particularly threatened by, 
Uh, Jamaica, I think the most dangerous moment was a counterattack in the second half where they could have laid it off to a wide-open, streaking Darren Maddox on the left, and they missed That's him. That's right. Um, and the game kind of broke down a little bit tactically. It, it ended up just being kind of wave after wave of the of, of U.S. attack, um, which ultimately resulted in the goal. Uh, so I think I don't think we played exceptionally, but I think we played we played well enough to win, and I thought it was a a fine uh, contest overall. Um, uh, a little bit marred by the Blake injury, which I think defined a lot of the way that the game played out. Um, and you see that on on both goals, where the the Josie goal is perhaps savable from someone of Blake's uh, caliber. We've seen him in this tournament make saves in similar positions in goal uh, where he has this uh, uh, a spring he has this like gymnast leap that uh, Dwayne Miller did not exhibit um, so I think Blake <laughs> probably could have gotten to that ball uh, and then the the second goal comes comes late after wave after wave of pressure where the Jamaicans oh man just the don't waves. have the legs to, the to close waves. down and you wonder if Jamaica had one more sub uh, if that might have been might have made a difference on that occasion so so it was quite unfortunate for Jamaica to lose. Uh, somebody so exceptional and also have the double whammy of not getting a sub late in a really intense game um, after they'd played a really a really um, a really fine uh, match so they really uh, did they played a good game have a lot to be proud of but you fucking lost yeah. to the Nats boys sorry sorry <laughs> not sorry. got that trope dude we got that fucking trope uh, <laughs> my body I just want to say I want to say that uh, this is the first trophy of the we the people era is that really and true? And we did not get to go out onto that weird platform and hug <laughs> the dignitaries awkwardly. Why didn't we get to kick um, it with Sunil for 30 seconds? We were out there in spirit. We yeah. were out there in spirit. And we were out there with all of you fine WTP heads. That's true. It's been true. amazing watching this tournament with you all. I, we really appreciate your earballs. And uh, <laughs> if you like this show and you want other people to find this show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review because that makes it easier for other people to find the show. Um, and find us on Twitter at WTP Pod. At it's the WTP best. The, the best Pod. The, it's one of the joys of my life, getting to share these moments with you, Clado, and with the boy. listeners. Yeah, man. Loyal. We we love this shit, and it's true. We've had to do a number of tournaments where the conclusion was, well, I guess the real winner of this tournament was we the people, because I know it wasn't the Nats. <laughs> Not on this occasion, right? We, <laughs> this time we it really was first. the Nats. It, yeah, we tied we tied with the Mets <laughs> for first place of life just recently. So first goal, savable. Let's talk about the second goal. Did we think it was yes. savable, and did we think uh, Dempsey did that on purpose? Because it sounded like you may have had a different read. Uh, I didn't get to see enough replays of it to to have an opinion. I thought initially that it looked like a mistake, but um, given I think Dempsey has some of the best reflexes I've ever seen uh, from a soccer player. Period. Yeah, from a so human it wouldn't being. surprise me if he if he if he just kind of figured out that he could deflect it a couple inches one way or the other. The thing that's really impressive um, on the goal to me is if Morris. Typically, I want players to hit hit a ball first time, but in that spot, I think there were too many bodies in the way for a first time shot to be advisable. However, Morris did have a yard or two of space, luckily. Um, and he very intelligently took, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a half a second. It was like a quarter of a second and it wasn't an, uh, you know, a big extra heavy touch. It was just a little bit of a little centering, adjustment, a little shimmy. just a little, little body adjustment, a little bit of weight adjustment that let him get just the perfect instep on this and, and absolutely wallop this ball. And you, you mentioned might've taken a deflection. I think it was basically like 
air blowing on. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. I think the, I mean, there was a, a guy on the line who's who it just went over his head, and you can see him kind of stretching for it, but but Morris hit it too well uh, for it to be for it to be yeah, caught. The, and the um, Bernoulli principle is like yeah, exactly, exactly. There's fluid dynamics the at play, <laughs> and high speed fluid dynamics. This was a large hadron collider shot. Um, so so yeah, Jordan Morris. Uh, take a bow, son. Take we a bow. we've we've been critical. We've been critical. Sure. And you you uh you could perhaps consider him a a neutral contributor on the day, given that he completely blundered on the uh, Jamaica goal. Uh, but Truth. to have the Truth. the calmness, presence of mind to come up in a big spot like that means a lot. And and as has been mentioned a lot, um, he seems to be the kind of guy who finds a way to win championships. You know he. Um, one thing I don't is, think we ever got to discuss player. on this air. He's a finals player. He has done something important in every finals the kid has played in. As in right, public exactly. life. In public life. Um, I don't know. Maybe he had some stinker finals in high school in high that school. I don't know about. Well, but, one, thing you know. that we, one thing that we used to think about a lot was why wouldn't this guy leave Stanford? Um, and I remember hearing him interviewed about this, and he said basically he didn't want to leave until he won a title. So oh. his reason wasn't, I love college. It wasn't... Uh, it wasn't that he felt like it was best for his development. It wasn't that he was lazy. It was that he felt like he wanted to beat that level of the video game before he moved on to the next level. I and he did that. that, and he scored two goals in the final um, the year before he left. So he, he's been, he was NCAA champion. Then last year he was MLS Cup champion. Now he's Gold Cup champion with the U.S. Um, and that there's something indefinable uh, there um, that, that hopefully means something in the long term. I don't think it... It it covers up his his flaws, you know, and he's got to get that scoring record a little bit better. Um, but for him to have that uh, that poise in a big moment, you 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 think back to a certain miss that uh, the U.S. had in a certain Ooh. big tournament um, against against a certain Belgian team. That uh, where where if our if if the person putting their foot on the ball had a little bit more of that poise, maybe maybe a, a World Cup could have been very different. Um, and I'm being incredibly cryptic. I'm talking about the Belgium game. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Belgium versus the U.S. Where, We're talking where about Wando Chris Wondolowski. Missed. <clears throat> Who, and from yeah, then on, Chris... my iPhone always corrects Wando to wound appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> It should. So we were, we were, it's been a long tournament, Ty. It's been a long, long tournament. We almost, it's easy to forget uh, where we've come from and, and how, how many air, how many kind of iterations of this team we've gotten yeah. to see over the course of this tournament. Yeah. Remember all the way back to the poop stage, sorry, the group stage, <laughs> when we had uh, Dom nice. Dwyer and, uh, Dom. and Kellen Rowe taking, taking like, you know, 15 shots a piece in right, these right. early games. Like, this is a totally different team we're seeing now. Um, it may take weeks, it may take months for us to fully process what's gone down. But how about we try to do it right now on this show? Where where are we from where we were at the beginning of this tournament? I mean, the idea, right, was to figure out what our depth chart really looks like and right. to get those uh, to get those second and third slots arranged and in order. Have we done that? Have we seen enough to be able to do that? And maybe we can break it down by position and discuss a little bit by position. So uh, let, let's start with the, the the strikers. We have Josie Altador as our number one. Um, and I think coming into the tournament, 
uh, Bruce Arena and everybody else in America would have said, yeah, Josie's the number one. We here on We the People would have said, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I hope not, actually. I hope someone else. Should be the Ootster. Uh, should be the Ootster. But actually, Josie had a very nice game. I think if you if we're talking about the players in, on the current roster, the Gold Cup roster, I do think it's obvious that, that Altidore is the number one. Um, and given his performance, I think he's edging out the Oodster. You know, recency bias is okay with me, and I and I, I now need to see something from Bobby Wood if I want if Altidore's to be unseated. He scored two timely and important goals. Mm-hmm. So then, directly well, behind Altidore, and I'll and I'll get down just a couple yeah. more, and then and then I'll let you. Uh, I'll I'll let you speak. Tear into this. <laughs> so yeah, you can tear into topic. everything I'm yes. fucking saying, yes. and 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 yeah. So, Hurry up. So so all right. So right behind him, we then have the storyline of Clint Dempsey, who it's, is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a 30-minute, 60-minute, or is he going to play at all? And he's really come to the fore as a playmaking substitute, or maybe, you know, maybe some variance in there, but the most exciting appearances of Clint Dempsey, and what it feels like we're going to end up seeing the most is playmaking 30-minute sub Clint Dempsey uh, when it matters most against really good teams. And then behind that, we have a whole mess of players who, uh, I don't know, Ty, what, where, how you would say things line up, but coming out of this final, Jordan Morris is quick to the tongue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Josie. Well, we, ha- we kind of had two independent criti- critiques of Josie's career so far. One was not, not scoring in big moments, scoring in group stages and, you know, not, not the Hex World Cup qualifying and things like that. Um, and he, he is clearly uh, proving us wrong in that regard. Uh, on the other hand, the other critique we had was that he doesn't score against big teams. And it, it, is, uh, it is all well and good to score against the Costa Rican B team and the Jamaican B team. And his, those were fine goals for sure. Uh, but we, we, he hasn't had the chance to uh, prove that he's made a leap in terms of scoring against big clubs, which is what, not big clubs, but big, big countries, which uh, is part of what marred his, um, his time in, in Europe so much was that he just wasn't able to produce uh, in, in, in these uh, you know, more challenging occasions. So I, as I've said, I'm, I, I would be the first one to get psyched about a really, really good Josie Altidore. I don't know if we have one yet. And when you look at the, the, the teams that each of the two kind of candidates for that number one role uh, have been successful against, Bobby Wood has already scored twice against Mexico. Um, and that's kind of the closest comp that, that we might have to, to the kind of team that, that we could be beating in a World Cup, you know, where we could we could progress a little bit further than we have. And Bobby Wood has also scored in friendlies against against big teams as well. So there's, I think, still quite a big case to be made if you don't look at it in a recency bias uh, uh, filter. Like if you, if you think this same gold cup result happened two years ago, where do we stand? You know, it's the same guy, just it happened, you know, it, it didn't just happen. Uh, I think there's, there's much more of a, um, uh, gray area than it, than it will appear to the majority of the fan base and it sh- assuredly the coaching staff as well. Okay. So uh, let's say moment. that, that for number one, it's, uh, in contention then the W the t- ties, ties take right. Number one's in contention. Fine. What then about the depth chart? Who is the guy who, uh, who is the first guy whose heart leaps into action and knows that it is their time when whoever our number one is does pick up an injury or some such thing, right? Like, who's the, who is the next person? Is it, is it Jordan Morris? 
Is it Giassi Zardes? Oh God. Who who's well, our who is our backup I kind of attacker? Think... Who's the person who who's one down in the depth chain? Is it Dom I Dwyer? It, it would have to be Josie and Wood, right? I mean, if you if you think of it as a one striker situation, I'm and thinking of it as a two two striker as a situation. two. Okay, so so if you think of it as a two, um, then you would probably put Morris with that group, and you would say the four currently would be Josie, Wood, Dempsey, and then either Morris or or Sir Dom. Which choose? Ooh. You gotta choose. Oh, I go Morris. Come on. I, I want Morris. I'm sorry, I want Morris Dom, for but... flexibility. Sorry, yeah. Sir Dom. Yeah, Morris provides more flexibility, and Morris knows the team better. Morris is younger. You know, so many reasons. But personally, I would I would go with three strikers with with a, with a with a one striker system. Therefore, three strikers on a roster. Okay. So my current three would be Josie Wood and Dempsey. Um, with with Dempsey as either the super sub or the super starter. The sixty minutes, and I'm, I'm I'm totally one hundred percent serious about this. Would you by the do way. so? You're you're referring to a thirty minute starter. I'm a referring to yeah, first Ghana a, a, performance, a forty five minute starter. So yeah, you, you saw you saw kind of the the danger of the super sub, and uh, sorry to fill in the backstory. Previously on We the People, <laughs> uh, Ty made a ridiculous assertion that a super sub uh, uh, that that there's nothing special about the end of a game that the last 30 minutes and the first 30 minutes are the same. E- either, either way, when you get the ball in the net, you get one point called a goal in soccer. Um, and so uh, it's just as viable to use a super starter who is especially good at kicking the game off well uh, as it is to use a super sub who is really good at finishing the game. And one of the benefits of using a super starter is that you get to decide how many minutes they go because if they're effective, you can let them go for 40, 45 minutes uh, whereas if they're not being effective or the tactics need to change, you can pull them off after 20 or 30 minutes. And you're only using one of your subs, you're, so you're not compromising your later game plan. But you have a guy in there, uh, Clint Dempsey, who has a, has a history of doing things early in games. Uh, see, the, see the World Cup game against Ghana. Um, hey. And who is who? Who energizes a team and sets a tone for a team and puts <laughs> puts a, a defense on the back goal, foot, right? In a very the Ghana, in- the Ghana way. goal. It's like thirty seconds in pelvic thrust goal. Uh, no, that the pelvic thrust was uh, was Portugal. Oh, I the, see. The, the Ghana goal was a, a, a left foot shot to the mm. far post. Oh, you're that right. Was you're right. Quite you're right. Quite gorgeous. Scintillating. And um, so I I I I'm. I'm I'm not kidding. I know this would never happen. Uh, but either way, either way, Clint Dempsey's a, he's a 30, 30 to 40 minute player. Um, and I think that that is a really positive thing for the U.S. right now. It's, it's something that we really haven't had, uh, something that we might have had in the last World Cup if Jurgen had been a little bit less idiotic about the way that he dealt with Landon Donovan. Um, because I think Landon, you know, was in a, was in a similar spot, not, not as effective as, as Dempsey is now. Uh, but very clearly able to do his thing just for a shorter period of time. Um, and it, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about this midfield. Who is, has Acosta done enough to cement himself in your mind as someone we need to invest in as a starter for, the, for this team, for the U.S. Nats? No. Uh, Acosta is, is, to me, endemic of the way that the Gold Cup was in general, where we got a lot of mixed signals, you know, nobody, nobody really 
stood up and, and declared themselves as someone who needs to be playing all the time, except for maybe Nagby. Nagby. A Nags. Um, I mean, Nagby did that. We'll get to Nagby. So that, we'll talk about Nagby. That's at least Nagby. one let's, solid, let's address solid the outcome thing. that we got. But but pretty much everybody had had bad moments and good moments. You know, Joe sure. Corona, bad moments and good moments. Paul Ariola the same. Um, you know, Dax was solid, but but didn't necessarily... Peanut butter and um, peanut butter he sandwich. Wasn't, he wasn't a difference maker in the way that, that you saw Bradley was later on. Um, and, and Acosta, uh, very lukewarm. He had, he had, uh, he had, let's see, his games ranged from four out of 10 to seven out of 10, I would say. He went, he went between kind of being a liability at times to being, uh, to being okay enough. And, um, and it's, it's pretty hard to put a lot of faith in somebody, uh, as a result of that. But the, but the talent is very clearly there. The I think talent there's, is there's there. some it's mental like, stuff going on. I wonder um, if I wonder if we've reached a point with this player where we need to go all in on him. Because he is, as we've discussed on the show, <laughs> this is a person who familiarity is important to him. Uh, safety, it's, he seems to be a little bit sensitive emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and just possesses all the class physically, right? So I right. wonder, I wonder, I wonder, if it wasn't, if this was a club team, I would start Acosta for a half season. You know, I would right, say to him, right. you're, you're going to get two and a half months. You're going to start. You're going to play. At the end of that, during transfer window or whatever, we're going to have to discuss. We'll I look. don't know. Right. But right. I can. I want to take this weight off your shoulders and give you, you know, 10 starts in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be able to do that for Acosta right now. It's the perfect timing for him to have that kind of a situation because he's almost there. Everybody can see what this dude can be, but he needs consistency to develop. The problem is that in the national game, you just can't do that type of shit. You basically need your players to come to the table finished products. Right, right. Um, he, he's, he's in a little bit of an awkward spot where I think if he was a year older, um, he might have had this, this chance at a right. less pressure-filled spot. Sure, yeah. If this was last year, a year yeah. left in the cycle, then you start playing this guy all the time and and he slowly develops. Right now, we're, what, four or five games away from the potential World Cup? Uh, so it's, there's four more games in the Hex and um, a couple friendlies. So it'll, it'll, it's, it'll be like 10 games. So we're, we are around the yeah. fucking corner. We got to start to congeal. We got to start to gel. I don't know if we have time to let Acosta develop in that way. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, dude. I don't think we have... A, a better alternative and you can say nagby right, but i thing. don't want to play nagby yeah. in the middle right. i want to play nagby out left correct um correct. so so it's it's tough if we play with two strikers then i suppose we could have polisic as a 10 and just have bradley polisic uh but then then you have no steel in the middle i'm not a fan of that yeah, yeah I, that's that shit's rough i i think one of the one of the big wins of the gold cup one of the big things that i i'm drawing from this plus the ghana friendly uh, was this this system that we played that that we that we tweaked game by game uh, and in the Costa Rica game and the final we played uh, Morris and and Josie up top who are nominally two strikers but Morris was much more mo- sort of playing well, like a entire not time, a false nine but like a flexible yeah, right. a flexible support striker role and, where he would end up on either wing and to speak to that as well I thought uh, it, it, even when there were s- a bunch of subs there was always two strikers one of them was always false. So when right, right. when um, when Dempsey comes in, right, 
How Morris does it go? goes Dempsey wide. comes in. Morris goes wide. Dempsey becomes the false nine. And I actually Nagby thought to begin inside. with, yeah. and Nagby comes inside. I actually thought to begin with, Altidore, out of frustration, was playing more the false, and Morris was staying up top at the point. Um, and and my point is just that even if the circumstances change around, the system has one pure nine and one false nine. The right, system exactly. has a box to box, not a number ten, a box to box. And a stop and a holding midfield and a holder, yeah. And then it's got a left and a right wing, and that's cool. Right. That's really working right. for us. It has right. two overlapping wing backs, yep. um, static center backs, as with you know, as mm-hmm. as every four four two in the universe has ever had. Right. Um, and it works for us. We have the false nine tucking back in. We have our wingers, our midfielders going overlapping. Uh, or yeah. we have our wingers checking back, and then we have our wing backs, our defenders on the outside overlapping. Um, it, it's 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 working. It's a pretty good, simple system. Yeah, it's very straightforward, but the, the nuances to it, I think, support the personnel that we have because you have someone like Pulisic who, uh, who is just ideal to play that support striker role, um, that, that kind of Marco Royce role where he, that he's deputized for actual Marco Royce <laughs> on many occasions for. Um, that's so that's insane. a role that he can play. He can he's he's <laughs> uh, he's approaching an elite level of playing that that role. Yeah. Um, and we and have it's not a we number ten. Some, it's 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 a it's farther north than that. It's a little farther it's, north. Well, than that. it's a little bit. Let's see. It's definitely not a. Uh, it's a, it's not a silky passing, um, sort of assist driven. Role, I would call it more of a, uh, let's see, like involved attacking midfield role where there it, it's not it's not necessarily that they're gonna like stand around on the D waiting for the ball. It's not like the Katomic Blanco old school number ten. I love position. that. It's, I love it's, that. It's a it's a very aggressive, uh, but more Katomic withdrawn uh, striker role where they're they're expecting to get second balls. They're expecting to get. Um, uh, layoffs, you know, make the trailing run into the box, but also gonna they're gonna contribute uh, on defense. And I think I think all of the players who we had playing that role, including Morris in the final, did a really good job of of um, balancing the their attacking responsibility and a little bit of defensive responsibility because that 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 role can be really pivotal in breaking up the rhythm of an opponent who is just trying to trying to breathe, you know, trying to if especially if you have a possession edge. They're trying to trying to slow things down, trying to trying to calm it down and establish a little bit of a rhythm, and that the the guy in that role can be can be really important in disrupting that. Um, and 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 the, the other point about the the nominal number nine is, I think, <clears throat> I, uh, I I am always torn with the striker dropping deep because I want them to be ready when when a ball turns over. Um, but I, I do appreciate the effort that the number nines for the U.S. Uh, put in in this tournament. I thought that... Um, Agadello that, deserves that, a shout-out. Yeah, Agadello, exactly. Hard. When Agadello was playing that role, he played it really well. Obviously, it plays right into Dwyer's strengths. Oh, my God. Uh, I've never as seen a, anybody work harder. Dom Dwyer would work hard on vacation, dude. Yeah, yeah. It And, and that, that role, to wit plays perfectly into Bobby Wood's strengths as well. The only one who's not really pedigreed in that skill is Josie, but it, it looks like there is a specific instruction that if you are playing that number nine role, don't just wait around for the ball, but actually actually make stuff happen. And <clears throat> on top of that, because we played these, these two uh, wide players who are attack-minded and are ready to um, try to make things happen, um, it felt like when the nine dropped... 
there was still plenty of forward movement. You know, it wasn't we weren't we weren't playing yeah. the six man midfield necessarily. It was like a little bit more no, of a the nine a, the the nine would drop and the two the two wing midfielders go forward. Then you kind of have three up front. Um, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, there were a lot of subtleties to this system that uh, I think differentiated it from a you know Bob Bradley four four two or a Jurgen Klinsmann four four two. I think the the ultimate example of that Jurgen Klinsmann four four two was um, the the four nothing loss to Argentina, where we had uh, Wando and <laughs> Wood, and it was it was horrible, oh. horrible, and it it just wasn't. They, I don't think the guys had enough. And we, everyone has gone on and on about this, about like what's what's different uh, in the Bruce era, and the players get the, ask this question all the time. But my sense is just that each player has like three bullet points in their head that they're trying to do. Yep. There's no genius overall tactical concept necessarily. It's just these individual little instructions that are all playing well together, you know. And and I think that at the at the international level where you don't have a lot of time to to work with the guys generally. Um, and, and players are coming in from a lot of different systems. I think that makes a lot more sense than, like, the, the comment, again, from that Argentina game, Pulisic said after the game, like, he was asked, like, what did Jurgen tell you to do when you came in? And, and uh, Pulisic said that Jurgen told him to go out there and express himself. And he's uh, like, don't, don't, uh, let me express myself, but also give me, like, a couple clear yeah. things to do. Was, I not, you know? was I not expressing myself before? Did, was yeah, that the right, note right, that right. I needed? Right, right. It's like I feel it's, like expressing myself is something I'll do naturally. It's tactical acumen that I lack. <laughs> right. I'm, what I'm really looking for are some insights about the game from you, <laughs> sir. Uh, so, so anyway, yeah, we have, um, it's, it's the not system, a system is system. working really well, which gets us back to Acosta, who yes. is like so tantalizingly close to playing that um, that box to box midfield role so well, and he does it like 20 percent of the time. But the rest of the time, it's it's shaky. It's shaky. And we don't have anyone else in the pool right now who's really excelling. I think in the last cycle, someone like Alejandro Bedoya was in a little bit of a better spot. Obviously, Jermaine Jones plays that played that role very well. Um, but those sure, guys are, are, are fading a little they're bit. They're fading, so. dudes. And, and um, there's, there's crossover between the discussion of, of depth in our positions because... If we had more depth in the center back position, then we might be able to talk about bringing Jeff Cameron up to midfield, right? Uh, right as an right, immediate sure. fix, yeah. we that shit's not an option. So before we get to the center backs, uh, Acosta, uh, where I think where we are with him right now is he's our best option, and he's not good enough for that position. So we're either going to have mm. to play somebody out of position, or we're going to have to play someone who's a little too old or a little too. Um, yeah, not not that position or a little. And too we have older, a year basically. of uh, European season to observe a couple very yeah, very interesting players who grow. could fill that spot. So, folks, to th- th- uh, this app, it's been a minute since we've done a fishy. We're gonna have one. It's coming. Uh, we have a fishy oh, report on the way, folks. We also have uh, Bruce minute. mails for you. So this this fucking episode has everything. Loaded. Stick with loaded us. App. It's loaded. We're almost through talking about the depth chart in the midfield, but we can't leave the midfield. Review us on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. Five stars, please. We <laughs> we cannot leave the midfield nags. without acknowledging the nags. The nagster, the unspoken story. Nobody was fucking talking about Nagby before the tournament, and I don't think they'll talk about Nagby enough after the tournament. Because because we, we, I don't think, let, let's see, I don't think people are aware of how 
much better he played than we expected him to play. Because we already oh expected yeah. him to play well. Yeah. He fucking crushed this every minute that he was playing. I, he has a couple mistakes that I can force pass, force passes that I can think of. But the dude was like such a momentum changer. I mean, he was as much of a momentum changer and playmaker as Clint Dempsey was during the minutes mm-hmm. that Clint Dempsey was on the field. I and agree. that's enormous. No, he's not putting up numbers. No, but he's having the effect, the same effect that that our veteran Clint Dempsey the Deuce, our the a, a player who we venerate and worship. This other dude is standing here. He's like, "Hey, I just I I'm in on this country now." He's standing here doing a lot of the same shit. Give him some praise. Give him some credit. I think Nagby is like, if he wasn't already a locked in starter, which he almost was. He pretty much. I mean, he was. Yeah, almost Close. there. Yeah, he is yeah. now. There, you, you, we cannot. This team does not move forward without Darlington Nagby. Uh, I I have to agree. He 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 just talk about not passing out of boundsishness. My God, dude, he's, how he's do you so get the ball silky, away so from clever. that person? It's what nuts. what does he do? What like I want to see like a sports science of like I would what love to. Yeah, he actually does physically to cause this to occur, but he, it just seems like. People are chasing shadows when they're around him, and I—I I, I wholeheartedly agree that that we have to stop this obsession with him. Like, I mean, like, frankly, he—he's a kind of flashy touch player, and the the temptation is always, well, you gotta you gotta put the put the finish on. You gotta you gotta uh, let's see. Do something that really means something. You know what I mean? In the in that nah, very that's be, yeah, dare I, I say it's, American it's mentality. It's very American, and it's a misunderstanding. Um, it's, it of is the hard game. to notice the effect that that Nagby is having on the game. But I think if you take him out of the team and you put someone like Kellen Rowe in there or Jassy's artist oh, as a starter, you you very much would notice the difference. And and it, it's it's almost uh, it's almost tragic how how difficult it is to to see. But I think Nagby is and should be a pivotal member of this this squad, especially because. Whoever does end up being the starter in that uh, box-to-box role, uh, clearly Nagby can deputize in a pinch for that person as well. That's so that right. gives us more yeah. flexibility. In like the Morris role. sliding out to the wing, Nagby, yeah, although it's exactly. not ideal, gives us it's another ideal. option right. in the midfield. Right, right, right. And for if you're if you're Bruce Arena, that shit's clutch because when you have a player who can be, let's see, an eighty. At, at one position, which is really good, and then maybe a 73 in, right. at, at another. That's, if that's an injury a, happens or yeah, suspension. Right. That, or, that's, yeah. a, that's a really important contingency. Any other thoughts on Nagby before we try to address my, this? My debacle? one thought is that all of the flaws that we noticed in, in uh, Nagby's game um, when he was first breaking through with the national team, I think you look back and you think, wow, that environment was not good. For him, it really did not seem like Jurgen spoke his language, and the the two of them communicated, and they had that falling out. And it just it's it's a revelation to see him to see him be himself, and and to get kind of a fresh start uh, at this whole national team thing. Because we, we, when going into the Bruce era, I think we all would have had him as a you know potential bench option at a World Cup, someone who was was doing well in MLS, but not necessarily up to the to the to the top level um, as a starter. And uh, I think he he has very clearly proven that wrong under a coach that gives him what he needs. Thank you, base god Nagby Darlington. Smile, smile of porcelain. That porcelain smile. The man just warms man my who, heart. The man who could who could sell a used car to a used car salesman. He's folks. He, what the he fuck? Would, he would buy he would buy the car just to be nice. <laughs> 
dudes, what the fuck are we going to do? We have no relief. So, so coming into this tournament, it was like, all right, Brooks Cameron are our number one center backs, right? Brooks Cameron, mm-hmm. got to be. And then we got Viafania and Yedlin, right? Is that not where we're at with this back four? Uh, yeah, maybe if, as long as Fabian is in the midfield, yeah. Yeah, assuming Fabian, which I, I, I think we may need to start one talking about changing yeah. uh, that scenario, but... <clears throat> because Nagby has been so good. Right, right. Um, let's let's discuss specifically the center backs because the wing backs, it, it's eh. you know, there's a little there's a little less to talk about there. But this what, center back what, position. What's wrong with Zussi, man? What's God damn? I never want to see Zussi again. Center I love backs. you, Zeus. You seem like a great guy. Mats, a lot of mats. So so do we have do we have a legitimate backup for Brooks and or Cameron if should uh, the situation arise in which we need to fill a hole there? Do we have anybody? Hard or, to say. I mean, Omar, so not Beasler, impressive. So here's the thing, Gonzalez, he grew into the tournament. Yeah, Omar Galaxy got the most playing time. Uh, yeah. Omar Galaxy now has another championship. The dude is like has crazy. He, he also has that indefinable quality of winning, but he also has a very defined quality of screwing of up losing. a lot. Losing, <laughs> screwing up so. a lot, <laughs> really obvious. Yeah, so so he he I suppose found his way into the tournament, but it like he he kind of bludgeoned his way into the tournament. Like it's not as if he blossomed. He just played enough minutes to stop. Well, I give sucking. him more credit than that. I give him more credit than that from specific things I noticed in the final. Okay, what did you notice in the final that changed he, your mind about he, our boy he was Omar very Galaxy. vocally leading the line. He was very active. He was very um, locked in, very focused. Uh, he, I think, made made he did some dirty work uh, where there were there were balls that needed to be cleaned up um, around the uh, near the near the touchline uh, that he he stepped well to. Um, he had uh, oh gosh, was that this game? Mm, I won't go there because I don't remember. <laughs> I remember. Right. I remember one larger, one larger error where Maddox uh, completely burned one of our um, center backs. I think it was him. Uh, so still plenty of plenty of work to be done. Uh, however, I saw some of those intangibles that I thought we were missing in those earlier games, especially when he was paired with with Hedges. And I think maybe there's something about uh, Gonzalez with Beasler where Gonzalez maybe feels more more comfortable being the leader, whereas with Hedges, it's a newer guy, maybe he doesn't know as well. Um, and you don't, don't want to... Beasler's like, a little it, less imposing. It, it, it kind of sucks to like have these guys be these you know f- delicate flowers that need to be so carefully stewarded, but um, <laughs> yeah. that, that dynamic, somebody the, needs that to dynamic take stuff does really matter. Somebody needs to take Gonzalez and Acosta on a spa day and fucking like, get their minds right. Or like a fight club. Like or that. One of those two. Maybe both. Maybe both. Do the do the one Korean spa, the get scrubbed, <laughs> and then duke it out. <laughs> who comes out alive? Who cage match U.S. Who comes out alive? No, all center backs. John, oh, does all... John Brooks come out alive, or does does oh, uh, does Beasler poke an eye and? It's, it's a David know. David I, and Goliath I mean, it's, situation. So John Brooks John Brooks is the big guy that it, that that's like you know the final boss. I he's, think ultimately John at. Brooks. Walker. John Brooks has to lose to whoever is our hero right, center right, right. back. Yeah. Maybe it's Matt right. Miazga. Maybe Matt Miazga, like in a in a Hunger Games way, like some like finds a way to win with his youth. Jersey strong. <laughs> Jersey strong. So, so it's no, probably, we don't have any answers about the, about Galaxy, the center backs. Dude. Things it's are pro- very in flux, and uh, that's one of the big questions that I will want to see answered this year. 
Um, I think the the big question marks right now on the team are the that Kellen Acosta spot uh, and and the center back spot because I think everywhere else we have enough enough cover enough reasonable options um, where we we feel comfortable and I guess it's really only the third center back slot so really the big starter question mark right now is is central midfield. It's do you want to do midfield. a very quick like back the envelope eleven before we move on to where what we want to see from the European guys this year? Uh, yeah, for sure. What do you mean, back the envelope? Uh, so, so we have Tim Howard, we have Brooks and Cameron, and then in oh, our, yeah, yeah. In okay. our 11. So folks, this, this is, what we're going to do is put together our current starting 11. I know it's unfair to the Euros, European players who didn't get to be seen just now, but if right. we were to go into a World Cup qualifier tomorrow, this is who we would bring. Uh, Timmy Howard, Brooks Cameron, uh, you, you were advocating for Fabian. On the I, left. I think it's got to be Fabian right. Yedlin. But I could also see Polisic as a central midfielder and then doing Nagby and Fabian Johnson on yeah, the left. Yeah, I want Polisic as a central midfielder. So I'll, I'll go for, I'll go for uh, Via Fania. That's fine. Fine, I'll take it. Via Fania, Yedlin on the right. And then uh, in front of them, I, I'll just roll out Acosta again. I don't know. I, I, no one has, to say. has We're gonna have to stepped see how up this and taken goes. the mantle. Um ahead of him. So it'll be Acosta and Bradley. Then on the, the wings, uh, Nags. And who's it going to be? This is a, this is a, uh, Fabian. Cause we put Viafania yeah. on at fullback. Yeah. Nags it's got it's gotta be Fabian. Then it'll be Polisic and I'd go for Ood, but everyone else in the world would go for Josie. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, that's uh, a how do we like that team? Star- I like that team a lot. I think Viafania is, not good enough, but um, pretty much everywhere else we have a very high ceiling on that. I mean, yeah, right, the, right. Like the the things Wood could do in his career, the things that Costa could do in his career, the things Polisic that Yedlin could do in their careers. I mean, we're talking about a, a cool and exciting team. And Brooks Cameron is a legitimately exciting center back pairing. The the only reason so it's too. scary is because we have no backup for them whatsoever. Right, but right. but I mean. Aside from that fact, I'm really excited about Brooks Cameron. I, th- I think it's a very glossy, shiny, dribbly center back pairing that I like. Agreed. And um, so the, the way the World Cup works, there are always surprises. You know, if you look at uh, in the 2013, after the 2013 Gold Cup, what we would have considered to be the, you know, presumptive uh, 11 for, for that World Cup, um, there's always going to be two or three differences that you don't see coming. Um, and there will be really important players in the next World Cup that are not on the radar at all right now, uh, whether they're subs or starters. Yeah. Um, and so to that effect, uh, for some of those positions on the field, uh, Acosta's position via Fania, maybe one of the wingers, maybe you can shuffle some stuff around if one of these guys emerges. I want to see some fishies crush it What's that in MLS sound? and in Europe this What's year. That and I have some news about them. What's that sound? I think I hear a sound. Fishy Report, Fishy Report, welcome to the Fishy Report. Welcome to the Fishy Report. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited for this right now. I can't believe I am alone in my bedroom in Seattle, Washington, and I just got like giddy, like giddy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like shaking my, shaking my, ah, it's fishy report time. It's been so long. We've been so focused. Our eyes have been fixed on this crap gold cup from the group stage to the poop final. We 
have not even had a chance to discuss any fit. By the way, not a poop final, actually. I was really happy. That was a very entertaining. I was proud of that final. But finally, JK, it's time JK, JK. to tear... JK, JK. It's time to tear our eyes away from the screen and turn our ears towards Ty, who has some fishy reports for us. By the way, fishies, uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. A fishy is a just a, t- our word for young player... Um, and it, in general, means eligible for youth tournaments, so that kind of thing. We're talking about players, you know, in their teens and maybe 2021, 20, Some early 20s, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, that's, that's the fishies. Fishies biologically eventually grow into either sharks or duds. Right, so, according to science. According to science. Ty, who are we talking about today? Who are the fishies that we uh, are getting reports about? I'll just lead it off with uh, with Polisic. Oh who, yeah, who, who the, looks f- to be, the greatest fishy of all time. Central. Um, the new coach at uh, Dortmund, Peter Bosch, was at Bosch. Ajax uh, last year and led a led a, a bit of a youth revolution at Ajax. Um, and so uh, it looks like Polisic is is high in his uh, plans. He started a lot of the. Uh, friendly so far, and it looks like what you know when the first team configuration is or the the first eleven is out there. Polisic's out there. Is he wing um, or central? Uh, I have not been able to see. Uh, I've only seen a couple highlights of goals, so no no news on that front. Um, and that that stuff is likely to shift if they make signings and things like that as well. Um, I would hope that he reprises a role in the in the middle, um, but it's a little bit hard if if Royce is. Uh, is fit to to. I'm not happy use with him there, being so. uh, the Darlington Nagby of the uh, of Dortmund. You know, of Dortmund, playing out, yeah. being, being I, a I, solid. I'd wing be happy if he was playing then... goalkeeper. I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> if he, as long as he's out there. No, but you know um, what I mean, though. Like starting he being a wing starter, and then when and if something happens to Royce, then you know, uh, Polisic becomes the backup for Royce because I don't. I think Polisic has got to be better than Shinji Kagawa now at this point in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah but I don't know. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he 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 is and should be ahead of Kagawa and uh, Gutsa and and those guys, which is kind of a crazy thing to say. But it's, it's crazy. Just really nobody's true but nobody's seen Gutsa in like a year and a half. Right, he's been fighting some phantom disorder. So um, yeah. Anyway, right up right up the 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 river from uh, from Dortmund in Schalke is uh, one of the most promising fishies to appear since Pulisic himself. Wow, Weston McKinney. Weston really McKinney. well for Schalke, getting all the quotes. Looking Schalke like America, a potential, right? Uh, yeah, a member of Schalke America. Um, his his compatriot, Haji Wright, not faring as well, has been sent back to the youth uh, team for this year. Yeah. Uh, but McKinney, it looks like, is a potential starter for Schalke. Definitely Holy a squad shit. player. How uh, old someone, is he? Someone, uh, 19, 18. Holy shit. Guys, this so is a is, mid-table Bundesliga team. Schalke is nothing to sneeze with, with at. With ambition, man. with with great it's, ambition for with sure. With great and ambition, he, um, yeah, and has been and like much better than the team that Bobby Wood is playing for, for instance. And Bobby Wood right, is like right, potentially right, right. a starter for us at age twenty-three. We're right, talking about a nineteen-year-old exactly. kid breaking into a better team. Yeah. So when you when you think about uh, Kellen Acosta's somewhat indifferent. Gold Cup, uh, that that opens up an opportunity for someone like McKinney who could totally slot into that role. What, yeah, uh, what's next his position? What's his style? Emerge. I've never seen this guy play. He, I think, uh, would probably prefer to play a, a six role, but can play an eight as well. I don't think he's as incisive going forward as you necessarily need, but neither is Acosta. Um, so, some, so sort of halfway between those roles. Not not a uh, not a uh, Beckerman, you know. 
defensive beast uh, sitting in front of the the back four, but maybe more of a, a, a Makaleli, Lasana sure. Diara. Uh, okay, so he's just like Cloud Makaleli. Yeah, just like Claude Makaleli. <laughs> you heard it here so, first, folks, on WTP Pod. Uh, Weston McKinney, look out! He he is looking really solid. He's getting all those delightful quotes that you get from from the coach when they when they're into into the player. Um, and I'm I'm super pumped. I I, I really hope this works out because if if he gets say he gets you know 1500 minutes or 2000 minutes for Schalke this year that makes him a serious contender not only to be part of the World Cup team but to be to be a potential starter so um can't wait to see uh some other guys who've been uh floating around Matt Miazga's going back to Vitesse uh where he he did really well carved out a, a starting spot for himself uh last year in the Eredivisie so no Chelsea chance I think it's it's quite unlikely that he ever plays for Chelsea under Antonio Conte who just does not like his uh style and has insulted him personally wow. um on the Yikes. flip side you have CCV who uh is a is is uh is is the pookie baby of of the coach at at uh, Tottenham Pochettino he's absolutely to- uh, Pochettino's pookie baby but is not playing very well um, in the friendlies, he's he's started a couple of the friendlies and made some big mistakes. So, uh, hard to say. He he definitely needs to get into a rhythm after not having played a lot last year. Um, he's a little bit in danger of getting caught in this uh, valley where he he is way too good for for youth soccer, but just not good enough yet to play for a title contending Premier League team. You know, um, right. and I don't think it would be good for him to have another season like he did last year, where he played you know, six, seven games for, for Tottenham's first team, uh, mostly in the cup, um, oh, entirely in the cup and, and didn't, didn't really, um, get a rhythm or, or establish a, a, a string of games of good games, uh, in a row. So I think something's got to give with CCV. I think it's either alone or it will be a very risky, uh, you know, gamble by, by Spurs to, to maybe sell someone like Alderweireld, and uh, rely on on CCV as a, a more consistent starter, um, and and we shall see. I'm I'm hopeful for the loan. I think that would make the most sense. Yeah, I'm I I grow more and more wary of our players rotting on the bench of big teams like Tottenham and Chelsea, and and I really right. love to see the uh, the alternative. However, someone like Emerson Heinemann, that's exactly what he did, and he's kind of fading a little bit right now into obscurity. Uh, a tiny bit, yeah. I haven't heard much about what what um, Mr. Heinemann's up to next year. He still on the still on the books at uh, uh, Bournemouth after a loan to Rangers. I think that loan was only for last year. I'm gonna look up that fishy. I don't I don't see him in the depths, but I want him I want him prominent because he played really well for Rangers last year. Established himself uh, as a as a solid starter. Scored some really important goals, um, and is another one of those guys who could push. Um, Acosta for for that slot in the midfield next to Bradley, um, absolutely a great great two way player with somewhat kind of like a Nagby and Bradley combination. Oh hell uh, yeah, dude! Emerson Heinemann, it's meatball. America's next top Heinemann. He is. He's absolutely America's next top Heinemann. Uh, Shellis is out. One more uh, wild card I want to point out uh, would be Andrew Carlton, who uh, made his his pro debut for Atlanta. Only played a couple minutes. Uh, but let's see, still 16, almost 17, um, about to, to go into an under 17 world cup, uh, for the U S in October. 
Um, but he is one of those guys where you never know if, if he can, if he can establish himself as a first teamer for, uh, Atlanta at the end of this year and beginning of next, uh, it's, it's always possible that we could have one of those, one of those, uh, you know, Julian Green stories, um, next year. Oh, Easy geez. to forget. I don't know Julian if I Green Julian Green played and Green scored story. for the U S as an 18 year old. So these guys who are playing in the under 17 world cup, uh, this fall, him, him and, and, uh, Josh Sargent and, and, uh, Weya and, Brooke, uh, no, Lennon's no, older. Lennon's Lennon, older. And, and, and much less of a chance to make the World Cup team, ironically, in my opinion, than Carlton. But, <laughs> um, but those, those guys are actually on the radar. There's a, some, some small percent chance that one of them sneaks on. Um, now, I will leave you with, with uh, one final fishy who made a, a big move recently. Uh, Jonathan Klinsman. J.K. Sneaky Asian, sneaky Asian J.K. Tall, sneaky Asian Jonathan Klinsman now at Hertha Berlin, which had nothing to do with nepotism at all, uh, of course. (laughs) Um, He's there entirely on the merits. But it it, it looks like he's actually going to be the third goalkeeper. I mean, uh, of course, this is coming out through the Klinsman family, so you never know. But um, it looks like he's going to be, like, with a professional first team this year, which is... Hard to hard to justify, uh, personally. Um, but, I think that's uh, a little I, cruel. I think he's a he's a good goalkeeper as far as human beings go in general. Maybe not good he's related a, he's to a other solid professional D1 college goalkeeper. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he, the <laughs> under twenty of like, World who Cup has like is a, a little bit too high a level. So uh, I don't know about the Bundesliga, but we shall see. <laughs> he did happen to score. He, I don't know how this happened, but he. Um, I think was like filling in at right midfield uh, in in this like scrimmage that they played, um, and there is this YouTube video of him with Herta scoring this ridiculous forty yard volley. It That's was like hilarious. just like a goal kick, basically, just a, slammed this goal kick from the wing um, that went in. That's so crazy. maybe maybe he has a future as a winger, a six foot four sneaky Asian winger. Who knows? Nah, dude. Nah. Jonathan the guy's Klinsman. got like a mild interest in the game of soccer. He's like barely present. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's just like, wait, I you're going to go... pay me how much? Yeah, <laughs> right. I want to yeah. go back to the Andrew Carlton question because it relates to a discussion we've been having about the MLS throughout this tournament. Yes. I think this is the perfect formula for the MLS is for Andrew. Someone like Andrew Carlton is in the sweet zone or we saw it with DeAndre Yedlin where you come up in your late teens, you carve a starting spot and then you go abroad uh, and you, you kind of refine that. Um, Right. And so I, I think this is a great, opportunity with atlanta fc which is an incredible brand like oh if you have no if you have no geographic vested interest just be a fan of atlanta stop deliberating be a fan of it of this team they're so cool so so i think this really works man to to have this kid have an opportunity on our home soil uh where he can probably be a little closer to his family a little closer to his mcdonald's or whatever the fuck american shit he's into um and have a chance at a weaker in a weaker (laughs) league to break in and and develop and then go abroad. What we don't necessarily want to see is our players coming back in their peak and then stagnating. And we don't even know if that's what we're seeing, folks. Reach out to us on Twitter. What are you seeing? What do you think is the arc uh, that we should envision as our ideal? Because we need an ideal. We need something to work towards. We need to agree on what we're trying to do with this league and the way in which we're trying to develop our players. Is it to... uh, 
Is it to have teens play in the MLS and then go abroad? Is it to have teens go to places like Dortmund and uh, Schalke and what's the other one with Josh Perez? Fiorentina. Um, Fiorentina, go abroad. La primavera. The, are, is, is it our, is our way to send our teens to um, youth development programs abroad that are more that are better than ours? Or is it to develop them here like Kellen Acosta? It's really hard to say. We don't know. Reach out to us on Twitter at WTPpod. We got a year left, folks. We got Ooh. a year left. It's going to be an epic fucking year. This is the time, and I'll say this again on the next pod. If you are just joining us, uh, if you're just joining this team and this podcast, welcome. Uh, so rad that you're with us. You're joining at the perfect time. I... Um, I've always been a mild soccer fan, never, you know, around the game, played the game very much, loved the game, passionate about playing. Last World Cup, got into it at the start of the World Cup, like a normal U.S. citizen. Right, right. By oh, the end it's of on it, now? It's on now? Oh, is that okay. this year? By the end of it, I realized uh, that I was never probably going to be the same again. Um it was like, Forever whoa, changed. like I totally, I'm so, so have to be a part of this. You I'm got so, religion. I, I found religion, man. I found, did the whole thing. <laughs> I spoke in tongues and, and I hated Chris Wondolowski and, and it just blossomed. It, it, it blossomed in my heart. However, if I could go back, it would be at the, at last cycle's version of our next game, which is Costa Rica on September 1st, mm. World Cup mm, qualifiers. Mm, mm, mm. That is when I would advise every single American to start watching this team because there's no more there's no more complicated explanations for the games. It's either friendlies, which we may have a friendly before September first. Ty and I were talking about this. Um, either way, we're gonna we're gonna come to you with previews and reviews, no matter what happens. We suspect that there will be a friendly that has not yet been scheduled, but we'll see. My point is this: everything matters from now on. Every mm-hmm. player that you see play put this jersey on is in immediate contention to play in the World Cup. Every game can bring us closer or farther away. Even the league games that these players are taking part yep. in are more important totally. this year than they were last year. So this is it. This is the time to join. If you're joining now, you fucking nailed it. Because by the time the potential World Cup does come around, uh, you're going to know a couple names, man. You're going to know a couple histories. You're going to know a little context. And uh, this is... This and, and, and I think that's rad. Ty, um, what are you looking forward to this year, man? What are your thoughts on the year to come? Oh, man. Um, so the, the Polisic, uh, Polisic mania got me all hyped last year for there to be another Polisic last year. And it didn't really happen. Um, we didn't we didn't quite have the breakthrough that we had hoped uh, in terms of this this cadre of young guys uh, coming forward in Europe. But now's the perfect time, gentlemen. And the 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 uh, Polisic mania has, I think, really helped the brand of the his his compatriots Absolutely. overseas because I think yeah. there's a okay. lot of um, shifting perceptions that are going on in terms of Americans. And then simultaneously, um, one of the secrets behind Shulk America is that Schalke are a very financially uh, financially deft club, a very wise club, and they realize that one of the ways they can expand their market, since Germany is such a dense and sort of established uh, market, one of the ways that they can uh, do well is by capturing the hearts and minds of Americans. Um, and their their rivals, uh, Dortmund, have a, a, a yank pookie baby, and they want theirs. So I think there's it's it's now become part of the the uh, uh, 
overall larger strategy of teams like Schalke or like Tottenham or even Fiorentina to have an American uh, potentially uh, starring for them. And and a lot of these um, sort of CEOs and the people pulling the strings at these clubs are beginning to realize how big of an asset that can be uh, for for a market that is just just getting started. I mean, you look around look around on a game day on like a big USMNT game day, you'll you'll get you'll get a shirt or two. You know, you live in a if you live in a big American city, you're going to get a shirt or two. You're going to see some fans, but it is nothing compared to any of the other uh, you know major countries in the world in terms of when their national team is playing, even the ones that are crap. So you're you're gonna you're gonna really see a uh, an, a, a renewed emphasis on these guys, um, which I think is is just extremely exciting. And my my hope is that this is the year that the dam breaks, you know, and the the young American player becomes the kind of trend that that um, that it could be. Um, I wonder what America's brand is. Do we have one yet? Uh, we definitely have a brand of hard work. Giassi's artist types. Yeah. Fuck that. Goalkeepers. Fuck that. Goalkeepers. Exactly. But, um, it, it really only takes a couple to make a trend happen, you know? And if we have, if we have some, uh, two more ankle breakers, people will all of a sudden start thinking of the U S as a country that makes ankle breakers, you know, (laughs) that'd be tight. Uh, Carlton. Andrew Carlton, man, let's do it. Let's fucking see it. Let's see it happen, Josh Perez. Let's let's see you guys break out and and really start to change the game in this country and in the world, folks. I love myself a little bit of popcorn on a Sunday afternoon. I very much uh, like to go jogging, but not on hard surfaces, folks. I only go jogging on grass. And if I got to jog back and forth in a 15-yard space, I will jog back and forth in a 15-yard space because I only jog on grass. And I like headphones of all kinds. However, I don't like any of that shit. None of it. As much as I love the Nats. Love Good job, boys. Good job, boys. We won. Trof. Trof. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Hey Clayton, it's Bruce here. We're in the middle of the USA Panama game, kicking off the Gold Cup. Just took the lead. Dom Dwyer, excellent strike. I thought it would be the perfect time to read you this review that I found when I was combing through your email on the sidelines. The team is doing really well. Oh, oh shit, shit! I gotta go, Clayton. I gotta take care of this situation. Hey, Clayton. Bruce here. Second game of the Gold Cup. Playing Martinique. We just went up 2-0. Thought it would be the perfect time to sit back, relax, read this review to you. Okay. Uh, It says, great pod. Oh, come on, guys. Clayton, I gotta call you back, man. See ya. Clayton, it's Bruce here. Still got that 2-1 lead against Martinique. Think we're gonna take this one home. I I thought I'd... Try to get this review in again. Some Horace. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me! Clayton, it's Bruce here. Just got a penalty in the uh, Nicaragua game. Sir Dom's about to take it. I thought it would be the perfect time to relax, sit back, and enjoy this moment. Start reading this review again to you. It's from Horace J. Oh no. Clayton, it's Bruce again. We got another penalty. This one's definitely going in. Joe Corona stepping up. Perfect time to 
finished this review for you. Horace J says, Amazing soccer. You gotta be effing kidding me! Hey Clayton, it's Bruce here. I'm gonna try try one more time to get this review to you. It's it's two nothing. Uh, second half in the El Salvador match. We're looking good. Here we go. All right. Horace J says, "Amazing soccer podcast." Did that jabroni just bite Josie? All right, Clayton. We're kicking off the Costa Rica match. The boys have a great plan. We know what we're doing. Thought I'd start reading this review again for you. Horace J says, "Amazing soccer podcast. That is very fun." Wait a second. Who's in charge of the ball, people? You can't have little kids doing this. Clayton, I gotta call you back. Clayton, it's Bruce here. I think we finally found the right time to get this review to you. We just lifted the gold cup, baby. Horace J says, "Amazing soccer podcast that is very fun to listen to, especially when drinking copious amounts." Of alcohol, I'm about to drink some copious amounts myself. See you later, Clayton. Uh, the 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 trophy celebrations at these tournaments are just <laughs> phenomenal. Dude, I love it. It's like they have not changed that form in fifty. They have years. not changed that formula. You go in, on the in, stage. In decades. Your captain stands you... in the center. Everybody starts to bounce their knees, and yep, then the trophy yep. is slowly handed over to your captain, oh. who kisses it. And then raises Yay! it. It's a perfect form. <laughs> they have it. They have Why it change FIFA. it? It's as timeless as the haiku. It's it is as timeless as <laughs> as uh, as Jermaine Jones. Ever since Jermaine was a young pup, it's they've been lifting the trophy as... just like that. Yeah. I just think they should be allowed to do something a little bit more fun than than that trophy lift out there. <laughs> like uh, I don't know bunch of tvs out there with fifa like your your spoils as yeah, the winner like a like a, they break out a um like a bounce kingdom thing <laughs> yeah, bouncy, <laughs> and bouncy all the house. boys all the boys are just out Snow there like, having a ball yeah but like yeah. they're eating fried butter and shit like and there's that. like a like a fence like an electric fence that the jamaica players have to sit behind the whole time <laughs> Did you see? Yeah, the, did you see Joey the Badass? The loser has to watch weeping? everybody else have fun. Did you see Joey Badass just losing his shit on that podium? Did you watch the whole thing? No, dude. No, no. Are you talking about the player, the Jamaican player who looked exactly yeah, like I'm Joey talking, Badass? Yeah, I'm talking about Darren Badass. I was Maddox, hoping you'd notice that because I had that in my notes, but I couldn't. Of, what, do you know Joey what Bad. the dudes? He looked exactly like Joey Badass. I was it's like, crazy. Joey Badass plays for Jamaica. I had that note. Yeah, I I love it. I love it. It's like. It's incredible. There's uh, he's so talented. Who Joey Bad? Yeah, Joey Bad slash Darren Maddox in his uh, <laughs> alter ego. <laughs> Amazing how he finds the time. <laughs> wow. <laughs>